Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Father Tim Smith here to talk about Advent. Uh, it's a really great conversation. He is very passionate about Advent, so I hope you'll stick around for that. First, we have Dr. Bergwald in studio. In studio Woo-hoo! after two weeks in the <laughs> close contact quarantine COVID bunker. bunker or something or other. <laughs> um, what do you got for biblical do- bites? Is, is, is Father Smith... Uh, d- delightfully, but we talked about on ignition. We, you and I talk about yes. uh, Advent and the mood of Advent. He is very delighted with Advent. There's, yes, yes. All right. Yes. So, first Sunday of Advent, yeah. <clears throat> the Psalm, Psalm eighty. I didn't review that one. I, I know, Bill. I saw you had the readings up. So the Psalm, um, the the Psalm for the responsory Psalm uh, starts this way: O Shepherd of Israel, hearken. From your throne upon the cherubim shine forth, rouse your power and come to save us. And I just love, you know, there's the song um, uh, about the gates, uh, an Advent song. Um, the King of Glory comes, the oh. nations rejoice, is yep. open. The mm-hmm. And people make fun of that. But for me, that's, that's really the st- It is a yeah. song. And for me, I remember like Advent. I remember anticipating Christmas, anticipating yeah. Christmas, which Advent is all about. Um, and, and this this psalm reminds me of, oh, shepherd of hearken, shepherd of Israel, hearken from your throne upon the cherubim shine forth, rouse your power and come to save us. Renee, Bill, what's a cherubim? Well, it's a type of angel. <sighs> ding, 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 ding. Isn't it a baby angel? <laughs> <laughs> well, the cherub, right? So cherubs, right? So so art, you think of a cherub and those little, little chubby so little whatever. But throughout, um, so cherub uh, or cherubim are referred to multiple times, especially in the Old Testament, but also in Revelation, which we were reading okay. a lot here as liturgical year closed. Um, and they are angels that most commonly, as in the as in Psalm eighty, uh, where are they? From your throne upon the cherubim. So the the cherubim oftentimes are near to the throne to God's throne okay. to the throne of God. Like so, they are they tend to be together with their their im buddies that we'll get to in a minute. They tend to be near to God's throne, His glory and His majesty. So they're usually associated, they're, they're angels that are associated in a particular way um, with God's glory and majesty. Do you know who their im friends are that I'm talking about? The well, cherubim and the- Seraphim. Seraphim, exactly. Yeah. So you're, boom. I know some of the angels. Wow. I mean, personally. Really? Yeah, really? Uh, sure. <laughs> some thrones, some dominions, I, some of those. Principalities, principalities and, and uh, powers. Yes. Uh, yeah, so so there are that's going to get us really well. So that's going to get us kind of really more far afield <laughs> than I want to go, and then we have time for maybe on Catholic views or ignition, we could talk about angels yeah. sometime. Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about them here. So there are different in Scripture. There's explicit reference to cherubim and seraphim, and they're usually around the throne of God. But there's there's also references to angels and archangels. Now, the fact of the matter is, okay, do you know what the word angel means? Uh, this is another one of the things oh, where I know. See, but I thought you knew all about angels. You just got done. I know all about angels. It's just not. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's, on, that's on YouTube forever. I know. Um, so, eva- so to evangelize. Oh, okay. That wasn't what I was thinking. No, no, no. It doesn't mean that. Oh, okay. But think about the word evangelization. To evangelize. Do you want me to answer something? <laughs> I'm trying to sure help you here, go. give you a hint. So, Does what does the word angel mean? Huh? Does it rhyme with that? Nah. So, angel is in evangelize. The word angel, 
A-N-G-E-L is an evangelize. Good messenger. Good oh, news. Sure. An angel sure is a messenger. So, te- so technically, an angel, if you look at the catechism, um, an angel is more about their job description than their being. Mm-hmm. It's about what they do, not what they are. What they are, they are, they are spirits. Okay. They're created, um, disincarnated. They're not they're not incarnated. They're pure spirits, right? Okay. And there seem to be, and tradition says, but this is not like for sure, tradition says there are different choirs, maybe nine mm-hmm. different choirs of angels. Certainly, again, in scripture, we see reference to cherubim as one type of angelic being, pure spirit being, seraphim, um, angels, and archangels. So it seems that among all of the quote-unquote angels, some of them, their task, if you will, is to attend to God, to simply to spend their days and nights their time, what they do is give God glory and praise Mm -hmm. and honor. Other angels, other of these spiritual beings are actually called to be angels where they actually sent forth to Zechariah, to Mary as Gabriel was. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael is, is a a protector, a defender, et cetera. Um, Raphael, he journeys with Tobit. And Mm -hmm. so the point is that there are different kinds of spirits what we normally call angels. Some of them are messengers. Mm-hmm. Some of them are glorifiers and praisers. So in the Psalm for today, we see reference to one group in particular, the cherubim. So what, what and who are the cherubim? Well, the cherubim are angelic spiritual beings created by God. And what they do, they're not so much messengers to you and me. They give praise and glory to God. Um, Gabriel, Michael, Raphael are guard, the spirits who guard us. Right. They are angelic spirits. Okay. They're, they're spirits who are, who are literally angels. They're messengers who communicate on God's behalf to us. Okay. Not that he can't go directly to us, but he likes to include other beings. Yeah. So, um, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, so one little thing I'll tease you on for maybe some future discussion, but St. Thomas Aquinas would say, and many others as well, that actually every angel is its own species. I've heard that. You've heard Very that Very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you and I are the same species, right. but angels actually are their own species. Yeah, Each of them, which is, yeah, kind of mind-blowing. We'll talk more about that now, but there's guardian angels who guide guard and protect us, and there's cherubim that give glory to God. Great stuff, Dr. B. Thanks. You bet. All right, today in the studio, I have with me Father Tim Smith. He is the pastor at Holy Cross, Ipswich, St. Thomas the Apostle Roscoe, and Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Leola. That's a lot of parishes, Father Smith. Two counties, uh, half of two counties in the northern part of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And so a great place to be. And you're always welcome if you're in the north to come and visit us. Yeah, yeah. I know um, my aunt goes to one of your parishes and she that they've said good things about you. So you must be doing something right. <laughs> well, I'm grateful to have them as parishioners yeah. and all our parishioners there. They're wonderful people. So if yeah. you're ever in the north and uh, doing some pheasant hunting, which is what our area is known for, uh, stop on by and join us for Mass. Yeah, yeah. All right, so today we are going to talk about Advent. Uh, This is, of course, we're recording early, but this is going to be aired on the first Sunday of Advent. So we're going to talk a little bit about Advent. Um, Father Smith, when when we say Advent, when you're thinking about Advent coming up, what comes to mind for you? Well, really, this word of, of preparation for a coming. And so even the word Advent itself is that there's there's something looming, there's something coming. 
And it's about uh, the season of Advent is about a preparation um, for our hearts for first off the the anniversary, the commemoration of the first incarnation of Jesus, the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ born in the nativity. So it's our preparation for Christmas, uh, customarily, you know, this four-week preparation period before Christmas, but also it's a preparation of our own hearts to receive the more, more the Lord more fully as we, you know, remember that the Lord's coming mm-hmm. uh, is a time for us to just kind of uh, reacquaint ourselves and, and prepare ourselves to realize our entire life is a preparation for heaven. Mm-hmm. So Advent is also a kind of a an opportunity for us to reawaken that we're preparing um, to meet the Lord at Christmas, but also we're preparing to meet Him when He comes again. And so there's also this uh, teaching in our faith. We profess it in our creed: the Lord will come again to judge the living and the dead. And so in this preparation to commemorate the first coming of Jesus, we also prepare our hearts and our souls to receive Jesus, and to be with him forever in the kingdom of heaven. And so it's really this time of preparation, this anticipation, and the coming hope we have is is the glorious return of our Lord Jesus. And so for yeah. me, that key word is a time of preparation. Right. I'm glad you, you mentioned that preparing for heaven. Uh, you and I had a conversation, oh, about a week or so ago, um, getting ready for the feature for the bulletin, which is on this topic. So if you want more about this. You can read the feature in the December bulletin that'll be coming up in your mailboxes. Um, But you talked about uh, Advent and waiting and um, this idea of that this is linked to our getting to heaven. Um, So how should we approach Advent as we're, we're busy with Christmas stuff, even in this really strange year, there's still going to be a lot of busyness. So how do we approach Advent? Well, you know, first off, I think we need to really plant our flag in the ground and really fight for Advent. <laughs> um, and I don't mean that in a combative way, but uh, particularly we live in a, in a time where uh, we see a commercialization, um, an increased, uh, you know, emphasis on, you know, shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and just even, you know, I already see people have you know, put up the Christmas decorations already. Yep. These are, we're, we're right now, we're a week, you know, before Thanksgiving, <laughs> even as we're recording this. And even this, the Lifetime or the Hallmark Channel, they've already been oh, running yes. their, their 24-hour Christmas Since about Halloween. <laughs> holiday films that they do. And uh, of course, it's become a trope. It's funny. And, and of course, people enjoy those things. But really, to recapture the Catholic vision of things, and particularly how we live in time. And so this four-week period of Advent really is an opportunity for us to really pause and reflect before we would, you know, kind of deck the halls with boughs of holly. <laughs> we really kind of actually are asked to practice a little simplicity um, in our life. And even the church and its liturgy with the liturgical colors, we'll see the violet vestments and, <laughs> and perhaps some of the church decorations actually being dimmed down a little bit, right. kind of pulled back less flowers, less use of uh, some, you know, some of the things we use for a so- solemn celebration. And all of that heightens this anticipation, this preparation of our hearts. So then when we do enter in the glorious celebration of Christmas and, and we, we, we'll sing that Gloria during these coming weeks mm-hmm. of Mass, we'll, we'll with, withhold that singing of the Gloria during our celebration of Mass, so then we can really enter into that glory of that Christmas day, glory to God in the highest and on peace to his people on earth. 
And so that being said, as all of us are uh, entering into, you know, kind of a culture of distraction Mm -hmm. um, that can easily kind of pull us away from that, really make a plan for how we can prepare our hearts. And and that could be as simple of um, really kind of making a resolution. You know, at times, sometimes people say, is Advent like Lent? Is it a penitential season? I don't think necessarily. However, it is an opportunity for us to make some willful decisions, some really intentional decisions about pulling back from things in our life. So it could mean uh, maybe keeping all the treats and the Christmas cookies. It's so hard <laughs> to not just have one. They're when everywhere, you, too. When you have a fresh batch that you're making. <laughs> yeah. But maybe take the rest of them, put them in the freezer, and hide yeah. them away, you know, and then wait until those those glorious celebration of Christmas where we can really enter into Christmas all that week long, you know, and up until that time, really kind of make those decisions to pull back, maybe hide the sweets, um, and maybe even tone down the music a little bit. But I think one of the great preparations is also a good confession. And of course, this is a time of year where we have penance services available, mm-hmm. and it's that opportunity to prepare our hearts. And so we look at maybe where we've disordered any of our passions, maybe put emphasis on worldly things ahead of heavenly things, and then just turn to Jesus and ask for his merciful forgiveness and hear those words from the priest, your sins are forgiven you, go in peace. And that's how we can really sing that song of peace with the angels on that Christmas day, because the peace of God is in our hearts. Right, right. I know one of the things you mentioned, Christmas decorations, uh, one of the things I've started doing, I still put my decorations up right after Thanksgiving, but I have... Uh, instead of putting the manger scene and everything up all right away, I try to like Mary and Joseph are traveling through my house <laughs> to the uh, to the manger. So I try to do something a little different rather than just putting everything up right away. Beautiful. So, yeah. You know, uh, in the seminary where I studied, uh, St. Paul Seminary, we had a nativity set. And that was something that we, there was very large actually quite expensive uh, nativity uh, statues that were part of the statuary. But those wise men, you would never know where they were going to show up. And that, <laughs> they could be in your shower or you would walk in your room and one of the, or you pull back the covers at the end of the day and, hey, one of the wise men is there. became a, a prank of the seminarians to move the wise idea. men all around the house. I think that's a good thing, especially... It really incarnates the gospel in our families too. So families with young children mm-hmm. to to involve that. I'm not a fan of Elf on the Shelf, but I am fan <laughs> of the traveling wise men. Yes. You know, and uh, I think that again, that's another way for us to kind of embody like the scriptures and the Christmas traditions as well, and also that preparation, this this traveling that both the Holy Family had to endure, but also. Um, those wise men who came to give homage to the child Jesus. Right, right. Um, So in our feature in the bulletin, we talk a lot about hope. Mm. Um, How is hope connected to Advent? And can you talk a little bit about that virtue connected to the other two virtues of faith and love? Sure. Well, certainly like uh, the virtue of hope uh, is really rooted in our hope for goodness and eternal life in heaven. So um, sometimes we use words in the church's theology like uh, an eternal beatitude or a life of, of total happiness, of the goodness of heaven. And so hope is rooted towards that goodness of, of heaven. And both hope is one of the theological virtues. Faith, hope, and charity are theological virtues that have been given to each one of us 
in our baptism. Mm-hmm. And so um, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, as well as um, the Church's theology and, and uh, teachings from St. Thomas Aquinas mm-hmm. and, and other uh, theologians really emphasize that those gifts, faith, hope, and charity, are given to us in our Christian baptism. And what that means is that because we're children of God, because you are a daughter of God by grace, because I'm a son of God by grace, that we have those gifts for us, the gift of faith. It's an infused gift that allows us to receive the things of faith. That's a free gift from God. We've received hope orders our souls to the goodness of heaven. Mm -hmm. And so all the good created things on this earth are, are wonderful and they're splendid, but our greatest fulfillment of, of our greatest goodness is to be completely fulfilled in the kingdom of heaven. And of course, the greatest of these, as St. Paul says in the Corinthians, is love, mm-hmm. faith, hope, and charity. The greatest of these is love. And so the love of God and love of neighbor, but particularly to be united with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who is an eternal union of love that we can be united with in that great gift of charity. And so um, all three of these theological virtues are are ordered towards God. Mm-hmm. They they originate in God, and they're given to us as children of God by grace through a baptism. And uh, there's so much more you could speak about mm-hmm. each, each yeah. particular virtue. And that's one thing I always encourage uh, people in spiritual direction or even in catechism, um, that they can learn more about these virtues. The Catechism of the Catholic Church does an excellent job and you mm-hmm. could even, any of our listeners, could just do a simple, just go to your search engine that you use on your on your laptop or even on your phone. If you just typed in catechism hope, catechism love, catechism faith, mm-hmm. it'll bring you, because the way the algorithms are, there's really only one church that uses a catechism. <laughs> right. I mean, there's probably a few others, right. but they've fallen by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And it will bring you directly to those paragraphs that you can learn and study. And if you want to go deeper, look at the footnotes. You know, I love catechesis, uh, Christian doctrine. There was a long period in my life, Renee, where I did not have good catechesis. Mm-hmm. It's always been made available to me. And this is true for any of our church members, right. but we are lifelong learners in the faith. We can always learn more. And the more I grow in love of God, the more I want to know about him. Right. And the more I know him, I want to love him more. Mm-hmm. And so it just builds off of that. So faith, hope, and charity, theological virtues, and you can study more about those virtues and how they help us uh, stay rooted in God's goodness and help us become holy. Yeah, I had uh, as I was kind of researching this for the feature, I came across something that said um, that faith is basically the foundation. So you learn about your faith, which helps you give your hope has something to you have something to hope in if you understand your faith and know your faith, and then the hope kind of develops into love and creates love. So I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool way to explain that. It is, so, yeah, it is, and and also the fact too that God will will you know, through, I talk about these being infused virtues is that, that the Lord will, and he has done this in the lives of members of the church, holy men and women, saints of God. He has just imbued and and instilled and through the infused grace into our souls. And so there's at times there are people who say, well, I'm not a big reader. Mm -hmm. I'll never be able to read St. Thomas Aquinas or even the catechism, it, I just fall asleep if I start reading it. I can't <laughs> grasp onto that. But you find holy souls, holy men and women, many of them who were maybe even illiterate, 
but because of the grace of God, they were given profound understanding of the truths of our faith, Mm -hmm. the the Christian teachings that have been passed down throughout these centuries, and that's a pure gift of God. And those are the saints I prayed to when I was studying theology (laughs) because I needed that in these cases because there were many times where I thought, I won't be able to understand this or, um, you know, this is maybe a little too far out of my reach, but God's grace is real. He really... Um, he gives us that desire to know him, to love him, and to be with him forever. And right. that's that's the greatest hope. In my life, um, you know, with Advent, I can be renewed um, through some particular practices. Everyone might have a few things that they like mm-hmm. to do, um, but for me, I have a one meditation book that I like to read every year, and then actually it's published by the USCCB. Mm-hmm. I don't read many of their, their books. They have a large uh, bookstore that you can get. But this is a really good one. It's called Advent and Christmas with the Church Fathers. And oh. uh, it was came out about seven years ago um, when uh, Pope Benedict XVI was the Pope. And he was a great love of the patristics, uh, patristics the Church Fathers of the Church, in the early century, the early century uh, bishops and, and leaders of the Church that guided us. And it's reflections, beautiful reflections from some of the great fathers of the Church like St. Augustine and St. John Chrysostom and um, St. Gregory of Nyssa and St. Gregory of Nazianzus and all these wonderful writings in the early centuries of Christianity. And they're translated, of course, into English. And they're so contemporary, I can read them even in, though they were written, you know, 1,800, mm-hmm. 1,700 years ago. And I can totally understand what they're saying because they're speaking of Jesus they're talking about God's grace, and it also really uh, strengthens me in the great fact that our faith is so rich, and it has survived so many things, mm-hmm. so many other pandemics, so many other <laughs> worldly uh, political um, kingdoms that have risen and have fallen. But the great fact is this, Jesus Christ and his church endures, and I can see that in the writings of St. Augustine and all those who have gone before us. But our hope, our Christmas hope, stays alive, you know, at the coming of Jesus and his glorious second coming. So right. I'm excited when yeah. I think about that. So that's that's when I read. That's my daily meditation. But there's great ones that are out there all over. Yeah, so. yeah, there are. Um, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Father Tim Smith uh, from up north in the diocese. I'm not going to list all those parishes off that's again, right. but they're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you had mentioned earlier that in our liturgy during Advent, there's kind of a buildup. So the third Sunday of Advent, I I'm, don't know how to properly pronounce that Sunday. Can Gaudete. You, thank you. Sunday. Thank you. Okay. So can you explain a little bit about that Sunday? We have about four minutes or so. so sure. Yeah. So Gaudete, it comes from um, the beginning antiphon, um, which in the church's liturgy, as we see throughout many centuries, this Gaudete, which is a word that means rejoice. Mm-hmm. And also we even see it, the line from St. Paul in the letter to the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice, have no anxiety at all, mm-hmm. but in all things give thanksgiving to God, your Savior. And so we see um, in the church's liturgy, it's this, and of course there's some beautiful musical arrangements, Gaudete, mm-hmm. Gaudete. <laughs> you know, like I, I blast them in my car when I'm traveling <laughs> between my parishes on, on Gaudete Sunday. Also, this is one of the Sundays. There's two Sundays in the year, Laetare Sunday during Lent. Mm-hmm. How I remember the difference is 
L is with a Lent, Lent. and Laetare is with an L, so that's Lent. Sure. Yeah. Gaudete is during the Advent season, and that's where we wear the rose vestments. Mm-hmm. And that's where there is a little bit of a sneak peek as we prepare for the glory of Christmas Day and just kind of this, this awakening of this hope that, like, you know, a people that have set, been in darkness have seen a great light, as mm-hmm. the words of the prophet are spoken. Like, we look forward to that light of Jesus, Jesus, that light that shines in the darkness. And so it's an opportunity for us to kind of get excited a little bit. And on that day, there may be a little bit more uh, ornamentation, mm-hmm. a little bit more arrangement. Of course, those rose vestments, which are, we say rose, like a beautiful rose, yeah. not pink, like a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, like a salmon or something, salmon color. You know, my husband always tries to wear pink on that Sunday or some it. rose color. Yeah, he remembers and he never reminds me. Like, oh, I love it. I see, I see. you know, there are those rose uh, dress shirts that men mm-hmm. wear, you know, with their business suits sometimes. Yep. And I love it. I see, see, if I see a guy out there on, on Gaudete Sunday with a rose shirt, I'm like, good man, you're incarnating the scriptures, you yeah. know. But these are great lessons, you know, even as families to do that. Um, you know, on Pentecost, we're red. Yeah. I encourage yeah. people to do that. And so as families, that's something that we can do too. And of course, there's yeah. nothing nicer than seeing a great family um, where everybody is just kind of living the liturgy, even in their own household. And that's a beautiful thing that we can all do. And there's some great catechesis that encourage our children and families to do that as well. Yeah. And, you know, a little more catechesis can't hurt, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> I think we all need that. Amen. And and we're lifelong learners. That's my yeah. biggest encouragement uh, to our families and even to myself, that I love to take that time, and maybe that maybe that's what you want to do this Advent. Yeah. Maybe just grow in your your knowledge and love of God um, through some study, and and maybe that's what you want to dedicate this time to the Lord with. I'm sure it will be fruitful no matter what you. Yeah, decide. absolutely. And there's some great books out there that are not complicated and not you know Augustine and Saint Thomas Aquinas over sure. our heads type, or at least we feel like it'll be over our heads. So, I mean, there's some, there's just some really great stuff out there. I have a recommendation great. to all our listeners, great. and uh, I, I brought it up to you in our, yeah. in our conversation last week, which is Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Pope Benedict was a great scripture scholar, but one of his great uh, abilities was to take some complex theological aspects of the scriptures and bring them to light in a very simple way. Um, the Holy Father is still with us. He's the Holy Father Emeritus. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had a great small slender volume called The Infancy Narratives. Mm-hmm. And it's a commentary on the Gospels, which speaks about the infancy of Christ and the preparation of the coming of Jesus. It's magnificent to me. And an easy read. Easy read. Yep. And I and I pull from it for my, for my preaching every mm-hmm. Christmas season. There's something in there that's profound. It's rich in God's Word, and I encourage our listeners. It's something you can get a lot out of, and you could really learn more, even about why we have these big, long uh, sayings in the Scriptures. Right, right. Very good stuff, Father Tim. I knew you'd be the perfect one for this topic. I appreciate you being here in studio, since you're usually up north. So that was uh, good, good timing, and uh, thanks for being here. I'm glad being here. God bless everyone and have a good Advent and fight for Advent. Stay strong <laughs> and don't give in to the temptation to eat those cookies on the second week of Advent. I love it. Thank you. All right. If you haven't checked us out on YouTube yet, uh, you can find uh, this show. Uh, if, you're, if you don't want to listen to it on radio, want to see it on video on our YouTube channel at SF Diocese. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the same handle. Uh, that is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views. Oh, 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 oh,